Uh, I like where we are in the stand-ins. Um, I would, I think there's a lot to uh, grow from. I, I hope this team is a lot better going forward. It's sort of like you know, happy where we are, but I want to be better, and I think we need to be better going forward to really um, – it's going to be a dogfight this whole year for this division. Well, 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 we are back with episode number five of Two On Two Well with Andrew and Bob. Uh, Bob, thanks for uh, thanks for coming back. I'm really uh, really glad you're here because doing this by myself would be would be a bummer. I am happy to be back. Um, I am totally here by my own will and not because you threatened me in any way. Yeah, it's actually a good thing there's no webcams on because I believe you're holding up a sign that says "Help me," but no one can see it. So, ah, damn it! <laughs> well, thank you, all you beautiful people, for for tuning in uh, as we go over the last week of uh, Phillies baseball and some of the some of the topics that come along with it. Uh, so, another road trip. Phillies went out to Colorado and then to St. Louis, not San Francisco, as I, for some reason, insisted they go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't. You were booking uh, their power plan. So. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, so things kicked off last Friday with a game against the Rockies. Uh, Phillies lose the first, uh, first game of, that, of, the, uh, of this road trip, 5-4. Uh, to four. Uh, Vince Velasquez gets the start. Uh, that name might ring familiar if you've watched a game in the last few years or just heard people screaming. Uh, but he goes four innings with two earned runs. Not not bad. Uh, a lot of pitches. It just seems to be his mo that he can't get very far into games. Um, and, you know, we've gone back and forth for years, literally, about you know whether or not we, you know, see Vince as a starting pitcher, and uh, if this is just another case of he's just he's just not going to make it there. And nope. Um, you know, it's kind of a shame. Uh. So yeah, four innings, two earned runs for him. So not not terrible, but you know, you you like to see a guy get into the fifth and sixth inning there. Uh, mm-hmm. Bullpen bullpen comes into this game. Uh, they gave up three earned three earned runs, one each in the seventh, eighth, and ninth. That ninth inning run was off of Hector Neris, a walk off home run to Ramiel Tapia of the Rockies. Uh, so the Phillies had it tied going into the ninth, but um, you know Neris gives up the save there, but. Uh, Neris has been pretty solid this year, so I don't, um, you know, it it sucks in the moment, but I don't think, you know, any, not, um, what am I looking to say here? It's not damning on, uh, on Neris there, you know, you can't expect him to be perfect all year. Um, and yeah, so Phillies, uh, Phillies lose that opening game. I don't think there was anything, uh, too very exciting there if you're a Phillies fan. But on Saturday, uh, we saw the return of Aaron Nola to the mound and the Phillies, uh, win in his start, seven to five over the Rockies. Uh, seven innings from Nola, four earned runs, and Naris bounces back. He gets uh, gets the save in that one. Uh, Reese Hoskins has two home runs in that game. Uh, one was a, a pretty late game, three run homer uh, to put the Phillies ahead. Uh, also notable, Roman Quinn got the start in center field that day. No more, no more uh, Mickey Moniak in that one. So uh, they split the first two games of the series. It was it was definitely nice to see Hoskins. Um, not that he hasn't had power all year, but, you know, pops two home runs there, and we'll see he'll have a couple more on this road trip. Um, 
you know, where, where do you see, I guess, where do you see Hoskins ended up this year in his uh, home run total? Um, we, I think we mentioned it in the over under uh, for home runs. Did we mention it? Uh, we did. Um, I think we, I set the over under at 29 and a half. Uh, we both went under 29 mm. and a half, yeah. um, which is not looking great at, at this pace. I mean, it is only the first month of the season and, you know, people go on streaks and he can go on a massive cold streak, which he has in, in the past. He's gone on mm-hmm. streaks where you don't know where he's, where he is in the lineup. He just, he gets absolutely cold sometimes, which is a, it's a fear of mine. Um, but Hey, <laughs> we talked about how this lineup is uh, potentially very dangerous, although um, still striking out a lot and uh, leaving a lot of minimum base. And we're still waiting on it to fully click into gear. Um, but here's hoping Hoskins stays hot for a long while. Well, yeah, like I said, two, two home runs in that game, and we'll get more into him later and, and – um... You know, he, he continued to hit well. Um, I think he hit like, more home runs than the Braves did all week. I think I think I saw that I, stat. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything here to prove that, but I'm going to believe you. And for multiple reasons, one, you're a trustworthy guy. And two, anything that sounds like we're better than the Braves, I'm going to take it. So, yeah, I yeah, that's a good point. I like it. I like it. Thanks for bringing that to the table here. Um, but another guy that uh, showed a little pop, as he has been all year, uh, Bryce Harper in Sunday's game. Uh, Phillies <laughs> would lose that one 12-2, unfortunately. But Harper had two massive home runs out to right field. And, and you know, of course, field, you, you tend to see those those just absolute bombs. But uh, first one I know was well over 400 feet in the right. And then the second one he hit, um, by the way, both solo home runs, uh, the only offense for the team that day. But that second one, off the top of my head, I think it was 468 feet, maybe 486, something like that, uh, down the tunnel in, in right field. And um, just beautiful swings. And, you know, it's it's like we, we talked about last week how well Bryce has been hitting. And, you know, to go back-to-back with uh, Hoskins like that, you know, two straight games with, with two home runs, it was, you know, it's just nice to see. Uh, but that's really the only positive in that game. Uh, Chase Anderson, your uh, you know fifth starter, maybe sixth starter now, whatever he is. Um, three and two thirds innings pitched. Um, he ends up with uh, six earned runs on his line, and that's because he got he get pulled uh, in that third. Or I'm sorry, fourth inning. David Hale comes in to try to clean things up, and unfortunately, with the bases loaded, he gives up a grand slam to Trevor Story, um, and it just you know the bleeding kept going from there. Um, I guess one one thing of note in that game, uh, Bailey Bailey Falter makes his MLB debut. Uh, two innings pitched, two earned runs uh, given up, and you know I guess that's not too bad for your for your first time on a major league mound. Um, so a bit of an ugly series there. You know you get the home runs from Hoskins and Harper, uh, but the Phillies lose two out of three to the Rockies. Um, I don't yeah. think either one of us saw them you know going out to Colorado and sweeping. Um, but they certainly could have won that first game. You know, you're going to have games like Sunday where you get blown out, but uh-huh. they could have taken two out of three. Was was there anything in that series? Um, and, you know, we're going to get into this Cardinal series. I feel like a lot more happened in those four games. But anything in that in that Rocky series that kind of stuck out to you or, or kind of made you say, all right, you know, here's, here's definitively, you know, something I see with this team? Um, 
I mean, not much. I mean, besides the uh, the home runs by um, Reese and uh, Bryce, not much positive. I mean, I think they struck out over ten times twice that series. Mm. Yeah, uh, I'm going back in the the box scores right now to see if it's all three games. Yeah, no, twice in that series the team struck out over ten times. Mm-hmm. Um, they were not great with runners in scoring position. Left a lot of men on base. Um, you talked about the last couple weeks that this offense has the potential of being really good, but we haven't seen it click fully in the gear. Uh, we've seen guys have good days, um, but it never seems to be consistently multiple guys having multiple good days in a row. It seems to be Reese is on fire, and then JT's doing well, and then Bryce is doing well. Um, yeah, and, never and- seems to be able to do everybody <laughs> clicking on the same page for multiple right. days in a row. Yeah. And kind of what you're getting at there is there's just, there's no consistency and it doesn't help that, you know, they're constantly having to rot Well, center field is just a, you know, rotating door of players. Yeah. Um, you know, you had, you had DD hurt for a little bit. Gene Segura is still on the, in the injured list. Um, you know, Nick Maytons looks great at second, but it's just, there's just no consistent lineup. You know, it's, it's changing almost every day. And I think it is hard to, you know, it's going to be hard to put together a potent, you know, consistent offense if you're not going to have a, you know, the same or a similar lineup every day. So, you know, maybe it gets to a point where everybody's healthy and, and they really start to, to, you know, rattle off the runs. But, you know, right now it's... it's Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, and you also need starters who can go more than four innings. Sure. The, the fourth and fifth starters mm-hmm. are averaging less than... Uh, five innings pitched, yeah. uh, which is not great. Eventually, it's gonna gonna hurt you when you know two out of your five pitchers can't make it, you know, into the fifth or sixth inning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the center field position. We've gotten zero protection from. Uh, we'll talk about a guy who's made a comeback or returned to the lineup uh, this season. Um, Boehm has just not. And hitting fastballs for whatever reason. Um, Ramuto is on fire. He's been hitting mm-hmm. great. And I saw on MLB's um, Instagram, I think it was today, uh, where they had Bryce uh, third in the NL, um, I guess, stand-ins as far as uh, MVP race yeah. so far. Yep. Um, so, I mean, that's good. It's just, you know, center field is always seems to be nothing from there. You know, the pitcher spot, there's nothing from there. And then with Boehm not hitting well and no one clicking at the same time, it's just been a very frustrating uh, offense to watch and um, hoping to change that soon. Well, yeah, and, and with those struggles, you know, we, we saw some changes going into the Cardinals series. So, um, you know, first off, we didn't have Andrew McCutcheon for those first two games. Um, you know, they, they were giving him some time to try to – work things out and you know get his swing back. You know, we said it before, we're we're not going to get the MVP Andrew McCutcheon back, but no. I I like to believe there's still a a a starting left fielder in him. You know, he's not going to be an all-star, but there is a solid left fielder and uh leadoff guy there. You know, he's still walking. I um I don't have the current stats in front of me, but I know he was hitting uh you know his hitting was under 200, but his on base mm-hmm. was um over 300. So he was still walking and getting on base. 
you know, with the walk, but uh, it definitely needs to get that batting average up. Um, and then to his left in center field, uh, I think we all knew it was coming at some point this year. Uh, Odubo Herrera finally gets the call up from uh, from the AAA team, uh, and he would get uh, all four starts in this Cardinal series. They send Mickey Moniak back down. Um, you know, well, you know, well, let's get into it first of all with with Odubo Herrera. Um, you know, to get my opinion of the, on the um, uh, on the whole situation, I personally I didn't want to see him come up. I don't, I haven't seen anything from Odubel to me that says he is sorry or that he's put any effort into um, bettering himself. Now, a lot of this, uh, there's a lot of this that sh- can and should be done privately. You know, it, mm-hmm. that, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot that goes into it. And I guess just for anybody that doesn't know, Odubel. Back in what middle of 2019, um, suspended mm-hmm. by MLB uh, for allegedly, um, I think he was hitting his girlfriend, leaving mm-hmm. um, leaving marks on her neck. Um, the ultimate uh, end to their uh, court battle, I believe, was the girlfriend dropping charges, uh, but he did still receive uh, suspension from the MLB. Um, so, uh, like I said, to me, I haven't seen anything that tells me he's made any progress. And again, there's totally a possibility that behind closed doors, he's, he's, you know, doing the right things, uh, taking classes or giving his time at charities, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I, to me, I feel like if this is someone that, you know, I'm, I'm buying tickets to go to these games or, you know, I'm investing my time to watch on TV. I think as a fan base, we deserve some sort of, um, public statement or just something that that gives us an idea he actually is working at it instead of just parading him out there and trying to act like it didn't happen um uh, i feel like i'm rambling now so i'm curious to get to get your opinion on this Um, Uh, yeah i totally agree um nothing that i've seen either uh shows any sort of um remorse uh as far as uh i mean I, i believe he may have apologize when it first came out which everybody does but there's nothing that i've seen that he's worked at to um you know sort of make the situation any better Uh, it's just everyone it's just a very difficult situation and and, you know i'm no way defending his actions um but i just i would rather have not had this sort of headache return Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it just is not. It wasn't needed, in my opinion. I understand where they're coming from from a baseball standard. Is is this, they were getting zero production from center field? Mm-hmm. Let's give this guy a try. See if he can do anything. Uh, he's not doing anything. He hasn't had a hit since he's been mm-hmm. here. Um, so it's just it's, it's a, a headache that is just not needed. No, um, it, it, yeah, it, like you said, it hasn't. I mean, even if he were to come up and hit, you know, go six for 12 with three home runs yeah. or, or whatever, even then it's like, you know, great from a yeah, baseball it, standpoint. Yeah. They probably win more games out there in, in St. Louis. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just that it's, I don't want to see him out there for mm-hmm. a variety of reasons. Yeah. Um, and I'd rather him just go away. Yeah. And I mean, and I guess to put it, to put a bow on it, I, I trust me, I'm all in on, you know, second chances and, and all that stuff. This is hard because, 
whether she dropped the charges or not, I, I think all the evidence points to you know something happening there. And mm-hmm. um, it, second chances are different when it you're talking about a guy who's going to be you know put out on on a national team like this, and he's going to be part of the face of the team and um, making millions of dollars. It's it's just different than a than a you know the it, average. It is. Show. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It is a it is a privilege to be able to be a major yes. leaguer. Great. Uh, in, in any sport, uh, to to play at a professional level on any sport is a privilege. It's not you know you don't. It's not a right for you to be here, um, and it's just. I don't feel. It doesn't feel right seeing mm-hmm. him out there. That's just the, the gut feeling. They're just like, ah, why is he out there? That's just the feeling I get when I see him. Yeah. Well, so to get into the Cardinals series, uh, game one Monday night. Saw Zach Wheeler versus Adam Wainwright, and um, I know that in the past we you know, we talked about our, our you know how we like to see baseball played. You know, I get I get you know wanting to see home runs and, and all that fun stuff, but this one was a classic pitchers duel. Both guys, it's the first time all year that both starting pitchers made it through the first eight innings of a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Wheeler gets into the ninth. Uh, I think he gave up a leadoff uh, walk to. Oh, I was so I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Gives up a leadoff walk to Matt Carpenter, and I think at that point, his uh, his pitch count was at like one fourteen. So exactly. it made sense. Yeah, it made sense to to pull him at that point. Um, oh, by the way, before we get to the end, Adam Wainwright did go. He went all nine innings. Um, mm-hmm. The only offense he gave up was two solo home runs to um, Reese Hoskins. Which, by the way, that that second one gave him the major league league lead at the time with eight. Um, the so when Hector Neris came in, you know, runner at first in Carpenter, uh, he did allow Carpenter to score eventually, uh, but he would end the game by getting uh, Paul Goldschmidt to pop up, and then Nolan Arenado. I I I think I everyone watching and everyone in that stadium thought he had hit a walk off home run because he he drove a ball out to um, at the left center, but um, Adubel made the catch on the warning track or at least near the warning track and. Um, you know, Neris got the save, so the Phillies win that opening game two to one. Um, you know, like we talked about before, Hoskins just went on this nice little streak here of uh, popping a few home runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it stands at this very moment, but he was tied with Ronald Acuna Jr. at eight home runs for the major league lead. So, yeah, that's pretty cool to see. Um, you know, him him showing that power and you know, getting recognized at the top like that. Um, what do you think? Do you, do you like a game like this where, you know, you got both pitchers going into the ninth like that, or do you prefer, prefer like a, uh, you know, a 10 to six ball game? Um, I always, um, I always prefer a blowout in anything. Like <laughs> I like watching, uh, two pitchers go at it. Um, I like watching close games. If it's not my team, any sport, watch, mm. watch, watching close games in, in any sport. If it's my team, if our pitcher, Throws a uh, no hitter. That's great. Uh, we need to score ten runs. Uh, so we feel better. Uh, so it's yeah, it's fun to watch. But uh, yeah, I was very very nervous the entire time. And uh, update on that: he is uh, Hoskins is still tied for uh, first cool. in home runs. Very cool. uh, he was tied with um, McCann from the Rockies, uh, Buxton from the Twins, and Acuna Jr. Of the Braves, so okay, okay. Uh, it's a four-way tie for the uh, major league leader in home runs. Cool. So you know, it, like we were talking about, you know, it, he he will go on, you know, some cold streaks, but 
you know, hopefully he can keep consistent. Right now he's on a pace, what, eight home runs, six months in a season. So he's on pace for 48 home runs, which would yeah. <laughs> make us both very wrong in our predictions, and I'd be yeah. okay with that. Um, Even if he slows down just slightly, it would, it would still um, beat our number of what we said. Yeah. Yeah, he's got his, he has a legitimate shot at 40. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what, um, you know, how it goes. We, you know, you, you can't expect him to, to stay hot all year, but, um, you know, it'd be nice to see. Uh, so we get into Tuesday's game, which is not as nice to see. Um, Phillies lose that one five to two. Zach Eflin, six and two thirds innings. He ends up with five earned runs. Um, a couple of those runs are because, um, wow, I can't. Sam Coonrod, Sean Coonrod, what's his first name? <laughs> Kuron comes into the game, uh, gives up a two-run double. Um, you know, and the Cardinals just kind of didn't look back from there. Um, it's is, it is Sam Kuhnrod. Sam Kuhnrod, wow. I don't know why I couldn't remember. He's been solid this year. That's that's disrespectful mm-hmm. on my part because he has been a solid earlier this year, and I couldn't remember his first name. So, uh, Sam, if you're listening, I apologize. Uh, also in that game, Jose Alvarado made his return off of the injured list. Uh, pitched a score as eighth. You know, I, 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 really like, I really like watching him pitch. It's It's... You know, when he's hitting hitting 100, 101 on the gun and all that that's movement on his pitches. Yeah. Two strikeouts. Yeah. Uh, just that's what I like to see. I like seeing uh, big, big power arms. Who would have thunk that we would have power arms in the bullpen? <laughs> yeah. What, what, what a concept. Not, yeah, we, not a concept that you would think uh, under Matt Klintak, but yeah. under Dombrowski, uh, power arms are back, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm all here for it. Uh, and then in Wednesday's game, Phillies took the W in that one. They win five to three. Uh, another game started by Vince Velasquez again, four and a third innings. He just you know can't get out of that fourth. Allows three earned runs. After he leaves the game, uh, bullpen went four and two thirds of their own scoreless. So you know that was a nice nice showing from the bullpen. A couple guys out there, um, you know, made some scoreless appearances. Uh, big uh, big occurrence in the sixth inning of this one though. Um, why don't you uh, you want to describe the situation of uh, you know we just we just kind of watched a breakdown of what happened if you want to um, explain what what happened in that sixth inning for uh, for the Phillies. Oh, Andrew was the sixth inning of the adventure. <laughs> uh, in comes Genesis Cabrera for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, uh, and he just had a great inning for for himself. Uh, hits Bryce Harper, who we just said is. Uh, probably right now third in the MVP race in the NL, um, right in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, people everywhere just holding their breath to make sure he got up. He did only a little bit of blood, which was shocking. And then the guy sitting behind the home plate, he was, I think, everybody at home. Uh, his hands were on his head. If you go back and watch the replay, yeah. uh, it was just I. I was just staring at my TV for it felt like forever. Well, for yeah, I had to get up, especially with that that slow mo replay. You, s- you just see his cheek and his face move. You know, at a what was the pitch? Ninety seven miles an hour. It was. Uh, yeah, 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 that was nice. Yeah, so not not great. Um, so in comes Matt Joyce to replace Harper at first base. He leaves for us of the game. You're like, okay. Cool, we're 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 fine. We're fine. In steps uh, Didi Gregorius. Uh, very next pitch, ninety-five to the midsection. Uh, down goes Didi Gregorius, and everybody's just—they're all happy, right, Andrew? They're all, all everybody's happy. We're all yeah. friends, right? Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure 
Joe Girardi will not have any uh, issue with this. Um, and then the umpire does just, I hate when they do this. They, he, they have a meeting and they warn both teams. They didn't eject the guy who just do back to back 95 plus mile an hour fastballs to the yeah. people in the face. Mm-hmm. Nope, no warning to him, but both teams get a warning. And uh, Andrew, how did Joe Girardi react to this? <laughs> uh, man, I love I love when the managers get like this. There's, you know, say what you want about Gabe Kapler. There's there was a couple of his moments where you know he came out and he's done with the umpires. It's it's always fun to see. So Joe Girardi comes out. Um, you know, obviously, first of all, upset about two of his guys getting plunked now. And then yes, when they when they warm both sides, he uh, he was looking to get himself tossed. He 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 came out, um, said whatever he said to the to the home plate umpire, uh, and then uh, I think he was throwing out. He was he, Joe Girardi himself was trying to throw out Genesis Cabrera from the game, or telling the umpire that's what he should do. And then the umpire says, "No, you're out of here." So. Um, Girardi, in, my, in my head, it, he was throwing out the umpire, but yeah, you're probably right. He, he probably was saying you should have thrown out uh, yeah. Cabrera. Um, yeah. But in my head, he threw out the umpire, so technically, he should have been ejected. <laughs> yes, I right. George already threw out the umpire, therefore, the umpire has no right to throw him out. So yeah, it doesn't. Exactly. <laughs> but yes, George already ejected from the game. Um, yeah, well, I mean, let's let's get into this a little bit because you know you bring up a good point about both sides getting warned when the Phillies. And it's not even so much about, at least for me, it's not so much about retaliation as it is now the Phillies pitchers from that point forward have to pitch timidly. You know, they, they have to be careful throwing inside. You know, they're going to they're gonna leave a lot of pitches out over the plate. And I think even John Crook brought it up during the broadcast where uh, the Cardinals hitters at this point can pretty much just look to hit anything on the outside of the part of the plate because the pitcher is going to be um, – you know, afraid to throw inside, and and you know, with, because with you know both sides being warned, there's the possibility that the pitcher's ejected, the manager will get ejected, and then there's suspensions that could come with it. So it's not even so much of the Phillies not being able to get their retaliation; it's just it affects the way the pitchers have to pitch from that point forward. So, and as you also mentioned, Genesis Cabrera wasn't even thrown out of the game, which blows my mind. You know, you hit two yeah. guys like that, um, obviously not intentionally, but it's it's enough of a concern that he should have been ejected from the game. So um, I will say, and we talked about this before we hit record. Yeah. Uh, that that next uh, that that single by Andrew Rakuchin next. Yes. That's that the uh, RBI single. It just felt so good. It just was like, yeah, we got one. Yeah, he. I think it was the third pitch they had bat. He, you know, after a couple of days out of the lineup, that was his first day back. He was hitting fifth in the lineup, and yeah, he he roped a nice little base hit out to left center. That was very cool to see. You know, it it, it, it you would hope it would give him give him a little bit of momentum, and they did win that game. But um, it was nice to see him make some solid contact in in such a you know high intensity situation. Yeah, uh, they'd just, be in the winning run. They, they would add yeah. a run later in the game, but and then they'd yeah. be in the winning run. Um, and just as an update, Bryce Harper, uh, right after, almost right after that game, uh, I, I know he went, I think they said they, they sent him to the hospital, but he put up uh, a video on social media saying he's fine. And, you know, just from the video, he looked completely, you would never know that he just got hit by a 97 mile an hour uh, baseball to the face. Yeah. That was, that video was up quick. It was like the game was over and like, here's mm-hmm. Bryce Harper. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, he didn't, he didn't play in Thursday's game. And as we speak, uh, he is not playing in the, in the opening game of the Mets series. 
Uh, so we'll see. I don't, I don't expect them to be out too long because there was no fracture or anything like that. Um, to close out the discussion in that game, another, th- another thing that people brought up, you know, after there was no ejection, uh, the Cardinals manager, Mike Schilt, couldn't even remove Cabrera from the game because of this three battle rule. Um, you know, with relievers having to come in, they have to face mm-hmm. three batters. Mm-hmm. Um, for multiple reasons, I don't like that rule, but this is just another case of it. It handcuffs everybody because I think in a in a in a past season before this rule, Cabrera would have been taken out of the game by by um, by Mike Schilt. I don't I don't think there's any reason to leave him in after that point. You know, clearly he was shaken up, and you mm-hmm. know, like you said, he gives up that hit to McCutcheon. So. Yeah, um, but I mean, what if he hit? What if he goes ahead and hits uh, McCutcheon next? Like, what do you yeah. what mm-hmm. do you do at that point? Like, yeah. now you throw him out, but like, you should have thrown him out the first the first time. Yeah, yeah. That that, that rule. There's many rules that we hate about this uh, that are existing right now that we hope are changed with the new um, CBA. But uh, that one is just I, I've always hated that, and hope that goes away. Well, speaking of terrible rules, we're going to go into Thursday's game, the final game uh, of the four-game set uh, in St. Louis. Cardinals end up winning this one 4-3. to three. Uh, Game started by Aaron Nolas. Um, six innings pitched. Uh, a little bit of, uh, I guess we'll call it controversy. Not with Nola, but, well, maybe with Nola a bit, but with, um, with Joe Girardi. So, uh, runner gets on base. Uh, I think it was a double, so they had first base open. And the eighth batter in the St. Louis lineup, uh, Edmundo Sosa, comes up. Which, first of all, I don't know how no one mentioned. It's very funny to me to see Sosa on a Cardinals jersey. That was that's something that that stuck out of my mind the the entire series. <laughs> but um, so Joe Girardi decides to intentionally walk Sosa uh, to get to the pitching spot in the lineup. So that brings up um, pinch hitter Matt Carpenter. After the game, Joe Girardi would. Uh, admit that this was a mistake. You know they were looking at the numbers. You know, and he 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 felt that Nola's past experience with Matt Carpenter was was going to be enough to um, you know overcome two guys on. Uh, and then Nola decides to throw a curveball, which uh, it did hang up there a little bit. And you know, I I think I would have. We've seen all year Matt Carpenter is not the hitter he once was, and. I think Nola could have easily, you know, had a, with a well-placed fastball, could have gotten him out there. But instead, uh, hanging curveballs hit deep in the right field. And, you know, with the injury to Bryce Harper, Roman Quinn uh, is in right field. Ball is catchable. I mean, it was in his glove over the wall. And I don't know if it was the angle of the way he hit the wall or just a misplay, but he ends up turning his glove, the ball falls out, and becomes a home run. Um, I will say to give credit, it would have been a home run without him. So it's not like he forced it into a home run. However, he could have caught it and at the very least brought it back on the field. And, you know, maybe it's just a, you know, two run double instead of a three run home run. But, um, so a lot to unpack there. I, I'm curious how you feel a about Girardi's decision to walk Sosa B, uh, you know, Noah's pitch choice there and then see Quinn's, uh, play of the ball. I I didn't like the, the walk. I don't know why you would put two men on uh, in that situation. It just wasn't um, I, I just it wasn't a smart move in my opinion. I know Matt Carpenter was not ha- not having a great year. He's he's 
not even batting uh, over 100 at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, I don't like, and this is probably the, going into the analytics talk a little bit. I don't, I don't like the numbers thing because it's just pitch to Sosa. You know, if you don't, if you don't get him out, that's fine. But I don't add, I don't like adding a second runner to uh, on base. I know there's two outs, but I still don't like the adding the second runner. So I was, and then yeah, the the obviously the pitch was. I like his curveball. When his curveball is on, it's it's deadly. But that one was just uh, hung up, and it was just an unfortunate pitch. Um, but I don't think to begin with, uh, he should have been pitching to Macarpa in that situation. I think he should have went out to Sosa and see if, if Sosa, Sosa can do anything. Not like Sosa's raking the ball everywhere. He's batting two fifty. Yeah, it's exactly. not like he's like yep. a world beater right now. Mm-hmm. He, he was he had one hit the entire game. So pitch to Sosa, see what he does. Uh, and then, you know, if he gets on base, so what? And then he deals with Carpenter at that point. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, like we said, Roman Quinn, um, just, I mean, he's been frustrating all year. It's hard because I don't want to blame, you know, robbing a home run is not easy. You know, I, I've robbed a few myself, but, you know, it's, oh. it's, <laughs> it's but it's not. The a, videos are great. Yeah. It's just not an easy play, you know. You, you're you're trying to jump and catch the ball at the same time and bring your arm back over. So it's not easy by any means, but it was in his glove. And I think if if the ball's in your glove like that, I I think it's reasonable to expect that you hold on to it and and um you know at the very least, like I said, at the very least, get it back up in onto the field. And you know then it's just a two run double instead of a three run home run. Um, and then if he catches it, obviously it's nothing. So um. Yeah, just um, just frustrating. Um, continued frustration from Roman Quinn. No matter where he is, you know he he got picked off at some point earlier in the series. I think he got thrown out trying to steal a base. So, um, just you know, again, we talked about earlier from a baseball standpoint. You understand to a degree why Oduble was brought up because you know you got guys like Quinn who are making poor plays, and you've got Mickey Moniak who. Collected a couple hits, but still was not putting together solid at bats. So, um, just that 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 carousel in center field continues continues to turn. Um, to uh, to finish out this game, the Phillies would um, you know get this one into extras, um, but a little bit of controversy there. So Matt Joyce, I believe he was the one that started the inning at second base and on a. Um, on a pop fly to center field, he tries to, yeah, yeah, he tries to uh, tag up, go from second to third. Uh, but Mr. Joyce is not a not a young spring chicken, and um, you know doesn't have the legs under him like he used to, and ends mm-hmm. up getting thrown out at third to end uh, the top of the tenth. So not... never make the third out at third. Yeah, never. Yeah, was, yeah. I mean that's how we lost the game in New York. Uh, I believe mm-hmm. Owen Quinn got thrown yep. out trying to steal a third. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those games, you never make the third out at third. Um, just not smart baseball. Nope. Um, and then uh, just a very frustrating way to to lose that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, and then another rule which I hate, which is the second we talked about that. Yeah. Um, but just not, not a smart play. Yeah. And um, by the way, the walk off was uh, off of David Hale, and it. Um, wasn't even a hit. You know, he did allow a base runner, uh, but the walk-off came on a wild pitch that, mm-hmm. 
you would like to think JT could smother, but you know, it's it was a bouncing curveball, and it, those are not. It's not easy to take care of that, and you know, bounce away from the plate, and their winning run scores. Uh, Romuto, after the game, there was a quick video of him just slamming his helmet against the back of the dugout, just frustrated. I think frustrated, A, because of the play, and B, because he probably should have gotten it at bat in the top of the 10th, or actually should have gotten it at bat in the top of the 10th, because if Joyce had stayed on second, uh, Romuto would have been the next batter up. So just a frustrating end to the road trip. Uh, they ended up going three and four, which in reality is not terrible. You know, uh, we talk about all the time that going 500 on the road is ideal. And when you're on a seven-game trip, you know, three wins, not ideal, but it's it's acceptable in my opinion because you should expect to go home and then win, you know, uh, two-thirds of your games there. So um, <laughs> you mentioned it before we, before we started recording. I almost, I almost pinpointed it. I had said, uh, you know, one out of three in Colorado and then three out of four in uh-huh. St. Louis. And for all intents and purposes, they should have taken three out of four in St. Louis, but um, it wasn't meant to be, so – um, you know, any any final reactions from that from that Cardinal series? Anything um, you know? Anything you take away from it? Yeah, I mean, just just go back to that wild pitch. That that pitch was um, at least according to where Casey was setting up for that pitch. Mm-hmm. Hale missed that wildly. Like he was supposed to go more like inside and low, and he went way outside. Um, so that was more on Hale. I don't put any on any of that on on a uh, JT. Yeah, it's just it's frustrating um, when to see this offense not live up to its full potential. Uh, love to see glimpses. Um, at the end of the day, I'm I'm happy that uh, we stayed right around five hundred, three and four. Like I said, not bad. We're still in the running for first place. Uh, we are in a weird three way tie with the Braves and the Mets. Yeah. Um, I. I want to ask you this: Are we is are we in a three way tie because this division? Like, we talked about how this division beginning of the season was going to be one of the better divisions in baseball, at least top to bottom. Is it that way? Are we? It's, it's hard for me to judge. You know, we see the we see the division standings every day because we live with the team. But is the division? As good as we thought, is this a, or is this division not as great? Uh, yeah, I mean, based on record, you have to say it's it's not as good as you'd expect. I mean, none, none of the five teams are over five hundred, and all yeah. of the teams are within a game of each other. So, uh, it I I think, in fact, I know that we expected this division to be tight all season. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we expected it to be like this where nobody can get on a hot streak. Nobody is, you know, running away, you know, reeling off four or five wins in a row. It's all just, you know, the Phillies haven't uh, won or lost two games in a row in the last week. It's just win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. And it's, um, you know, not much different for the other teams in the division. It's, mm-hmm. it's, and it's likely going to be like this the rest of the season. I'm sure one or two of the teams are going to fall off, but, Right now, there is no reason for me to count out or expect any of the teams to, you know, uh, pull away. There's just nothing that's telling me that anybody in this division, um, you know, has anything special. Um, uh, the only thing I think you, perhaps you could think about is the Mets rotation. They have Carlos Carrasco and Noah Syndergaard waiting in the wings to come back, mm-hmm. um, and then at that point, you know, that that 
that rotation could carry any franchise. But at the same time, the Mets are the lowest scoring team in the division. So it's just it, it's it's very weird. And I'm actually looking at the the full major league standings right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 best division right now looks to be the NL West, which yeah. is crazy to me. Um, three, four of the five teams have a plus run yep. differential, mm-hmm. uh, which is best in baseball. Do you know what the run differential is for your San Francisco Giants, Andrew? Is I'm well since they have the best manager in baseball. I'm sure it's pretty good. Uh, it is plus twenty four. Wow. Uh, the Dodgers, who are in second, have a have a run differential of plus thirty six, and you have mm. the Padres at plus fourteen, and the uh, Diamondbacks, who have gone on an eight two run over the last ten games, uh, with a plus five. Uh, the West, I, I thought it was going to be uh, a two horse race with the Dodgers in San Diego, and everybody else just trailing, um, but this, maybe the maybe it is the best division right now. Yeah, um, and the Giants see. seem to be doing it all with pitching. Their rotation is is uh, I think what the stat is there's there's a they're um, not Buster Posey. Their other catcher caught five straight shutouts. I mean their their pitching is just phenomenal right now. And you know will that keep up the rest of the year? Who you know remains to be seen. But wow, yeah, anybody that says they saw that that division becoming a three horse race, I kudos to them because I don't I. I didn't see anybody, you know, expecting the Giants to. to yeah, I mean the the top three teams as far as uh, team earn run average, uh, it's the Padres, the Giants, and the Dodgers, uh, all at around two ninety. Wow! Uh, so it's great, and then the, part, the Giants leave lead the league in saves, um, <laughs> and they lead the league in uh, batting average against at uh, two oh six. Uh, which is just nuts. They're, they are yeah. doing it literally all with pitching. Um, and it's just I very shocking to me. And maybe mm-hmm. it shouldn't have been if I looked deeper into it. But, um, you know, Gabe Kapler. Yes. You know, he, that, that, uh, we'll see if that haunts us uh, down the road. Yeah, there'd be, there'd be a lot of humble pie to eat around here <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Uh, so we are at the one month one month point of the season. Tomorrow is May first. So I'm curious, you know, what'd you I, get me? <laughs> yeah. Um, as we look at the at uh, this Phillies roster, I, and oh, I don't know, I want to phrase this. What what do you see as the as the biggest change that this team needs to make if they're going to? Um, you know, continue to compete in this division because you know, like we said, right now, no one's standing out, no one's stepping back, mm-hmm. everyone's hovering around the same 500 mark. So, mm-hmm. besides you know, rotating guys from you know, triple A up to the major league squad, where do you see the biggest need and what do you see as the biggest move this team could make to, to solidify themselves? Uh, two big needs. Um, I think the biggest need is back of the rotation help. Uh, we just talked about pitching. Um, pitching is winning ball games in the NL West. Um, we talked about how the Mets have uh, Carrasco and Syndergaard in the wings. Uh, when you have two guys like that who are not even pitching for your team yet, uh, that can help tremendous when if they're 100% healthy when they come back. 
Um, you need that pitching to compete in this division. Um, and you need pitching in the playoffs. You need pitching down the stretch. Uh, and you have the back end is not helping you at all. Uh, so we definitely need back of the rotation help. Um, and then center field. Center field has just been a, a black hole um, offensively, defensively for the most part. There has been some, some good play. Um, but when you get to the bottom of the order and you have the pitcher spot and whoever's in center field as just two null zones, I would love to get some center field help. Uh, how about you, Andrew? Yeah, I, I at this point you have if you're going to, you know, tell yourselves or try to tell this team that they're contenders and from from an ownership standpoint, if you're gonna to try to tell these guys that you believe in them and think they can win, a move's gotta be made for center field and, and it's it's gonna to have to be a trade. It's become pretty clear that there is no one on this organization right now that could take over center field and, and make it their own. So it's it's gonna take a trade and you know, the, there are names out there. There's, um, you know, Mitch Hanniger with um, Seattle. There's Kiermaier in Tampa Bay. And, you know, there's a few others out there. And Oh, I take Kiermaier in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. There are options out there. But then, what you know, what do the Phillies have to offer in a trade that, you know, another team can't? And yeah. So it's, it's going to be tough. And, you know, this – I think this is where we'll see how – um, effective Dave Dombrowski is as a as a general manager. Can he pull something off and and make this team more more viable? And like you said, center field. I I would agree. Center field right now is is the number one priority. And yeah, number two. Actually, I think you said number one was the end of rotation. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they're 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 both. I think they're both equally important right now because you know you have yeah. a you have a solid one two three rotation. Noel Eflin Wheeler, um, mm-hmm. you know, they, they've all got ERAs that are in the threes and um, you know doing pretty well. But then you know you've got the other three guys that have that have pitched in the four and five spots between Chase Anderson, Vince Velasquez, and Matt Moore. You know they all struggle to eat innings. They all struggle to keep their ERA low, and and it's it's um, yeah something something needs to be done there and yeah I, and, and i i don't want to sorry to cut you off there i i no. um i don't want to be all doom and gloom i feel like i've been kind of negative this podcast but i will say p- positively the fact that we have sour the first sour three starters uh noah we and Eflin, i feel pretty safe with them um i i do see some bright spots on this team if we can Get it all into gear, and I, as you see, this team can. How do I say? I, I do like the way this team is made up, the characters on this team. If everybody can get it together, um, I do think this team can come together and make a run. I, I the reason I say the back end of the rotation is such a need is because to get to the playoffs, I think you need that help. It's going to make your bullpen better. It's going to make your team better. It's going to help you win more. Once we get to the playoffs, I feel safe with Noah Wheeler and Eflin uh, getting you through a playoff series. Uh, I just feel that you really need the fourth and fifth starters at least to not weigh you down and, and help you you know, make up some ground you know, rest of the way. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it's it's going to be a test to see – you know where 
the ownership of this team sees sees them stacking up against the rest of the division, and it's going to be proof of how effective Dave Dombrowski can be in, in putting in together a season or a team midseason. Um, yeah, we'll find that out within the next couple of months. Um, so uh, I think one last thing before we um, start to wrap up here. What's uh, What's been your biggest surprise from this team? Who who stood out? I guess in a positive way is is the better way to put it. Let's, you know, you, I agree that you know we are a lot of doom and gloom when we talk about this team, but um, you know, talk about a positive surprise, and I'll 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 take the the first one here. I've really enjoyed watching Nick Maton play. You know, we mm-hmm. in spring training, he you know we saw glimpses of him being hitting very well, and you know, I was like, okay, you know, we'll see him in a in a um, probably in AAA and. You know, see what he can do there with with Bryson Stott. You know, Maton didn't get as as much of a look, but um, you know, we knew from early on or from early in spring training that um, you know he he seemed to be uh, on the ball, and you know he gets the call up with Segura getting injured and has played extremely well. You know, he was hitting he was hitting four or five hundred going into the road trip. Um, I think he fell down a little bit uh, while while they were out in Colorado and St. Louis, but. You know, he still had a couple RBIs out there, a couple base hits, and and um, you know his defensive play. You know, he's had a couple miscues, but but he's also had some highlight real plays, and uh, it's really been fun to see. It's nice to see a young guy come up like that and succeed right away, and and I think that's been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I hope uh, maybe he gets a glimpse, at, maybe he gets a spot down the road, and he he sticks at the major league level. Uh, my positive note is this bullpen. I, I love this mm-hmm. bullpen. Um, you know, I think they've had, they've performed a lot better than I thought they would. It's, it's, it's been a, um, a 180 from last year. Uh, I don't think collectively the ERA is that great. I think there is, I think we're still middle of the pack, but it, it, it looks better. I think in the long run it's going to be better. Uh, we don't have Archie Bradley, which uh, hopefully I don't know. Is it still a couple more weeks till we get Archie back? Is it? Yeah, it was. It was uh, three to four weeks, I think, when he initially went out. So we've probably got another another week or two, and that's before he throws on a mound. So uh, maybe late May, early June is when we'll see him. Um, on your on your ERA um, point there, they are at a four six two, again mid pack. Yeah. But man, what an improvement over last season for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's it's because I saw that stat that like, we aren't the the best in, in the ERA right now, but it doesn't. I don't know, but you, I don't know if for you if it feels the same way, but it it feels better watching them. Yes, um, I think a lot of that ERA is just because it's only been a month in the season, and you had uh, some bad games. You had that Connor Brogdon game where he gave up a bunch of runs. You had uh, JoJo uh, come in and not perform so well. Spencer Howard. But I think collectively, um, I feel really good about this bullpen, and I feel like this the bullpen is a strength of this team. Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, just looking at the roster here, Hector Neris, Jose Alvarado, uh, Sam Kumra, they all have the arrays under under two, well under two. And, you know, they've all mm-hmm. um, you know they've all pitched a, a good amount of innings. So yeah, there's a, there are the bullpen as a whole. I agree is much improved in a. In a yeah, a surprise for sure, and you know there are individual guys in the bullpen that are really having a solid season. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's um, there are bright spots. You know, we, we complain about the team quite a bit, but there there are some bright spots that 
mm. that shine through. Uh, so as we look ahead, Phillies have another set of seven games that they're going to play back at home this time, though. Uh, they have a three-game set with the New York Metropolitans uh, that actually started tonight. They are in game one as we speak. And actually, as we were talking about the bullpen there, an interesting little play with um, Chase Anderson was batting, had the bases loaded. Uh, he strikes out against Marcus Stroman, uh, but the ball gets away from the catcher, and two runs end up scoring. So, uh, you know, as we wrap things up here, the Phillies have a uh, two to nothing lead um, against the Mets in the bottom of the second inning. Uh, they've got two more games against the Mets this, this weekend. Zach Wheeler will pitch tomorrow, and um, Zach Eflin will pitch on Sunday. Sunday night is a, a an ESPN game, so you know, nice little natural spotlight on this this rivalry. And also a bright spot in this uh, in this three game set. No, Jacob Degrom. The Phillies will not. The yeah. DeGrom, so um, yes, that's that's two series in a row now. They've they've avoided having to see him. So um, somebody's uh, somebody's looking out for the Phillies here. And then next week, uh, Monday through Thursday, the Milwaukee Brewers come to town. Which you know we talked earlier about the Giants being a surprise out in um, you know in the West. The Brewers look pretty good too. You know they've got some. Some good heavy hitting pitchers up at the top there, and yeah, they're doing this without Kristen Yelich. So, um, mm-hmm. should be an interesting series. Uh, yeah, first place Milwaukee Brewers from the town. Yeah. yeah, should be a lot of fun. Um, go ahead. Yeah, it, it, interesting series. Um, the the Bre- Brewers actually do worry me. Um, uh, they so far this year have been a lot better uh, away from home. Uh, they're nine and three at uh, away from Milwaukee, and they're six and seven at home. Um, so I am concerned uh, about Milwaukee. They are uh, doing very well this season so far. 15-10, and 10, they are a two-game lead over the Cardinals in the uh, NL Central. Um, I would be very happy with the split. Um, I'm going to just go ahead and say that I, I would be very happy with a 4-3 and three homestand. Uh, Andrew, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um... I would prefer to see five wins. I mean, I would prefer to see seven wins. But um, if you're if you're going to be a team that is, you know, trying to separate themselves in the division, you have you have to win at least a series with the Mets. You have to take mm-hmm. three to. You're at home. It's a division opponent. It's just, it's just you have to do it. And um, you know, if, if they could pull this one out without any of their top three starters on the mound, then I'd feel great. You know, wins and. And then it feels like a sure thing, or at least it should feel like a sure thing. They can win either one of Wheeler or Eflin starts. And yeah, the Brewers, you know, you'll have Nolan in that series. You'll have, um, you know, you'll have Wheeler again in that series. So um, it's 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 within reach for sure to slip with the Brewers. Um, again, you'd like to see them take three or possibly four. Um, yeah, I, I think for the second week in a row, we're going to agree here. I think four and three is, is probably. We'll add up. Like, you know, I, I think they take twenty-three from the Mets and, and split with the Brewers. I think, I think that's where we end up there. Um, mm-hmm. Also worth noting because we didn't we didn't say Randy Gregorius did he get put on the COVID-related uh, injured list, and okay. they caught catcher uh, Rafael Marchand. Um, so now they have three in the roster. It, it, um, you know, came out a bit ago that JT was banged up a little bit from that from a wild pitch. He, he hit his hand. I guess maybe try to play. So, hopefully it's just tonight. You know, Andrew Knapp gets a start, um, and then we'll see Dave back in there 
you know, sometime this weekend. Um, uh, and Jason Gura, I would expect to be back soon. He's been on the injured list for a little bit now, so. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens with Nick, Nick, Nick Maton. You know, if they decide to keep him up and play a bench role, uh, you know, he might even take over short while D's gone. Uh, they have a couple options there, so. Uh, a lot to look forward to. You know, there, there are positives on the horizon, hopefully. Um, you know, and maybe this week we, or when we sit down to do this again, we'll, um, you know, have, have a pretty good week to talk about it. At least I hope so. Uh, so, Bob, any closing thoughts before we uh, wrap up here? Um, closing thoughts? Uh, I uh, am feeling pretty good about this month. Uh, we didn't, we haven't lost a lot of ground. We were a weird three-way tie with um, the Mets and the Braves for first place. Uh, I like where we are in the stand-ins. Um, I would, I think there's a lot to uh, grow from. I, I hope this team is a lot better going forward. Um, but, you know, it's sort of like, you know, happy where we are, but I want to be better. And I think we need to be better going forward to really, um, it's going to be a dogfight this whole year for this division. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, if we said that a month in the season, we'd be tied for first place, we'd be thrilled. Uh, I think looking at it the way it is now doesn't mean much because basically the entire division is tied for first. So, yeah, um, yeah we'll see going forward. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week to talk about these these two series with the Mets and Brewers and you know, hopefully have a little bit more a uh, little bit more positive to talk about. So thank you to everyone that has followed us on social media and given us a listen. We very much appreciate it. And um, yeah. Tell a friend. Yes, please, please tell a friend, let them know. Uh, have them give us a listen. Give us your feedback. Feel free to feel free to let us know what you think. So thanks everyone and uh, we'll be back next week. Bye.